Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I'm your host, Ryan Winder. Remember, what happens in Vegas is not staying in Vegas as I bring you helpful tips for life with the Vegas twist. Let's start the episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. Uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Uh, before we get started on today's topic, I just want to uh, send a few thank yous to, especially uh, my guest from last week, Dorn Anderson, for coming in and, and really just giving a raw uh, story about his work and recovery. Um, it was really great to have that, and I think a lot of people really appreciated uh, his realness and the story that he shared. Um, another thing is to, again, just wanted to let people know they can email me their thoughts about the show or questions they have or topics they want to see. I've been getting a lot more of that, and I appreciate it, people's feedback and topic ideas and things that they'd like to see covered. Um, again, my email is ryanwinder at gmail.com. That's R-Y-A-N-W-Y-N-D-E-R at gmail.com. Another thing, too, is that if you are liking the podcast and liking the content and the things that, that we're talking about, um, if you're listening listening to the podcast on Apple, uh, please go ahead and write a review or rate, or rate the, the podcast so that that part can get built up and more people can have access to it and kind of see it as something that comes up. So I'd appreciate if you did that, if you just go and give it a quick review or even just rate it. I think you can rate it out of five. So um, yeah, I appreciate the feedback that way. Um, and like I said before, I mean, I've been getting some, you know, feedback and some topics that suggestions and actually what I'm going to cover one of those today. But I do want to say too, if, if, if you're, if you've emailed me and suggested a topic and I haven't gotten to it yet, I do have sort of a list of topics that I'm kind of trying to get to, um, and have some different episodes planned out. But the, the one today kind of fell into, um, a topic that I'd kind of thought about and then once I got the suggestion I kind of made it made it happen a little quicker but for the most part I've got some episodes um, planned out so um, if you have if your topic hasn't come up yet don't worry it will be and um, I'm definitely making an effort to get to those uh, in the in the in the near future but all right so flipping to today and today's topic we're going to be kind of switching a little bit to some more parenting kind of stuff for the next couple episodes, um, and especially the next this episode and the next one, because I'm going to do this one in two parts. Um, but today is going to kind of be more revolved around some parenting things and, and some, some different things in, in relation to our kids, um, and especially our young men, because uh, that, that's the, the trend that sort of I'm going to be focused in on. Um, and this, this topic was suggested actually... Um, by Amber uh, Co-Peters. Um, she wanted to hear some stuff with boys and game, you know, video games and pornography and stuff like that. And, and it just so happens there, I was able to kind of combine those two topics. There's actually um, uh, a book called Man Interrupted. It's written by Philip Zimbardo. And um, in this book, he talks about actually both, both of those, the dynamics of video games and porn 
and what it's doing to our young men and the trends that, that we're starting to see with our young men in the world right now. And so I wanted to you know, take some time to talk about those two things because I think they're important topics. And in my practice, I see a lot of young men who struggle with both those issues, uh, video games and, and also pornography addiction. So it's definitely something that um, I feel confident in and something that I feel like I can offer some good advice on. But, and like I said, too, I'm also going to be pulling a lot from this book and some of the research that they found in there because I like to just put that in there so, you know, so that there's kind of what I see in my practice, but also that you're getting a feel for the research and what's actually being seen out there. It's just not, you know, all of my opinion, but some actual stuff that, that people are starting to notice and take, take note of out there in the world. Um, and so, again, the book's Man Interrupted, so I'll be pulling from that. Um, and then just my own experiences with with those with those um, with the topics of video games and pornography addiction for our young men. So, all right. So get out your pens or papers, um, take some notes and some things, and hopefully we'll be able to provide you some good information with with the things that we can do with our young people in relation to these topics. Um, but over the past decade or so, uh, young men have exhibited a pattern of being emotionally underdeveloped and less engaged in society. So that in itself has been concerning. Um, and then what's that starting to lead to is that the, you know, there's this un uncertainty or kind of stunted growth around the future of social and romantic relationships with young men. Um, because many young men are growing up and are functioning socially and interpersonally like boys. And so when you think about that in relation to relationships and having a family, yeah, most young women are not wanting to necessarily be with somebody who is still a boy, kind of like Peter Pan type of thing. So they're, they're not looking for that or feeling secure in that. Um, in fact, research has even discovered uh, through a survey that many young men aren't even interested in maintaining long-term romantic relationships. Uh, marriage or even fatherhood and many are also even reluctant to move out of their parents house um, you know and that's that's kind of a trend with a lot of young people but especially young males 24 25 26 years old still um, living at home and not really showing much initiative to do much more than that and and just kind of taking that ride for what it what it is um, and then even more problematic is, is that the young men who do manage to find a partner, then what we're running into there is that they often feel entitled to do nothing to add substance to that relationship beyond just showing up like, hey, I'm here, you know, take care of me or whatever. Um, and that also could be influencing some of the statistics that show more and more young men are allowing the women that they marry to sort of provide for them. They're kind of skipping the workforce and not really, you know, looking to go out into the workforce, but just sort of almost looking for, you know, you can almost say like a sugar mama to kind of take care of them and just be their support system. So again, some alarming trends with the young men and um, kind of going back to the original thing, it's like, well, okay, well, what's, what's contributing to these trends? What are, what is, what's leading to that? And really the answer is video games and porn. And again, this is kind of what the focus of the book Man Interrupted is about. And these are some of the highlights from that. Now, it should be noted, I, you know, because I know, you know, video games and different things is kind of like can be a sensitive topic. Um, so I'm not saying video games as a whole are bad or that we should just get rid of them entirely. 
Um, even the book itself points out, you know, some of the benefits that come from games. And he kind of puts it in the category of when games go right and when games go wrong. And when games go right, they can provide a stimulating environment of, you know, I think of learning and triumph and rewards and even some social bonding for kids. Um, but when they go wrong, that's kind of what the focus is and kind of how that happens and some of the things that, that go wrong. And, and again, leading to some of these alarming trends is what we're trying to watch out for. Now, when it comes to porn, in my opinion, none of that is good. So there isn't when porn goes right or when porn goes wrong. It's just, to me, it's, it, none of that's good because it teaches of what it teaches young men and young people. But then also, not only is it having an effect on young men, but in turn, it's also then now having an effect on young women because of what young men, the way that young men view sex and the way that they are looking to get those needs met with young, young women. Now, for today's episode, like I said, this is going to be part one. I'm going to focus mainly on the video game side of it. And then next week, part two will be more into the uh, pornography side of it and kind of what's going on there for young men. So again, video games is going to be the focus of the rest of the episode. Um, so let's get back a little bit into some research and just, I just kind of want to give you some things to think about. Um, you know, typically on average, um, young boys will spend about 14,000 hours um, gaming by the time they reach the age of 21. And just for some context in that, it takes the average university student 4,800 hours to earn a bachelor's degree. So the average young man will spend 14,000 400 hours of gaming by the time they reach 21 and it only takes 4,800 hours to earn a bachelor's degree. So a lot of hours being spent on video games. Um, the average per week is usually around 5 to 13, but um, 13 hours a day can become a habitual habit for many. So, um, you know, that obviously is, you know, in the problematic stages. One of the aspects of the research that I thought was alarming that the book highlighted. So two-thirds of children and teens reported that their parents have no rules regarding their media consu consumption. So again, that's two-thirds of children of teens reported that their parents have no rules regarding their media consumption. And the majority of kids reported that they would play or use other devices after lights out. So that's quite a bit of kids that are just kind of free-floating their way through this game issue and parents are just kind of like putting it off and not really dealing with it or not really um, having any kind of boundaries or rules around their gaming, which, you know, is problematic, I think. Um, uh, and so, you know, you might ask what, you know, what's kind of going on there? Why would we have no rules or boundaries around something that we as parents should have a say in. Um, a couple things come to mind. Now, this is just, you know, from my own perspective and my own experience with this in relation to parenting and, and some of the things that I see come into my practice. One, I think video games have become the ultimate babysitter. Uh, they keep kids occupied and out of our hair so we don't have to entertain them. You know, I think when we have multiple kids, like, siblings i mean in order to sometimes you know minimize conflict um you know we're able to have kids play video games to keep them away from each other or you know out of each other's i guess out of each other's hair and so it can sometimes work as a tool that way 
Um, another thing I see is that, you know, parents have become in, in many ways lazy. You know, we don't like to deal with difficult things after a long day of work. Um, you know, I've seen parents who've tried to take away electronics or shorten game time, often to be met with, you know, much resistance, obviously, from their kids or teenagers. And what you'll see is a teenager throwing like a two-year-old temper tantrum and with, you know, a lot more ferocity to it, which then, in whatever reason, makes parents back down and concede or give in. So now the behavior continues. So what maybe started out as a, uh, as a situation where they were going to, you know, parents were going to try to create some better boundaries ends up just being kids just kind of have their way. And it's like, that's too much to deal with. So just kind of maybe hope for something different at a later day. But again, the behavior continues. So that to me, that like that type of parenting obviously just can't be, you know, we have to be able to create structure and boundaries, you know, for our kids and their electronics and, you know, and, and just kind of accept that it may be a difficult process, getting them to, you know, obey those rules and, and maintain that structure may be a challenge. Um, especially for kids that if you have a kid right now that's struggling with this or is on the addicted side to this, um, getting them, you know, away from that into a healthier balance is not going to be an easy process. Um, I think one of the things that's contributing to this too, this issue is that the amount of kids who have access to devices um, in their rooms, you know, like, you know, for me, kids shouldn't have a TV or game system in their bedroom. Um, they shouldn't have a desktop computer in their room. Um, you know, laptops can be taken out at a certain time each night. Um, and that's just the way that I see that. You know, there, there shouldn't really be any exceptions to that. I know sometimes parents like, well, they do their homework, they this, the whatever. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is that kids will find ways to be on those systems or, you know, um, and like the, the, the research has pointed out, it's like most kids will stay up late. Um, they'll, 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 they won't pay attention to the lights out mindset and they'll just do whatever they're going to do. And so, but having access to that in the room makes that so much easier. So no TV, no game system, no desktop computers. And if they have a laptop, you know, it needs to be taken out at night. So, um, that's, that's kind of where I stand on that. I think that there's, you know, some validity to that in terms of just how we kind of have to break that, break that that pattern. The other thing that those things create too is it creates the isolation part of the our kids not being socialized in a way because if they can just do everything in their room, you know, they're not out and about dealing with their siblings or their family or, you know, or even just other kids. They just kind of stay stuck in that environment. And so that's where it can be a trap that way. Um, you know, the other the other thing too, and this is another part of the research, is the fact that, you know, when young people lose sleep, um, they have the um, obviously that's a that's a that's a negative for the negative thing for them when they lose sleep but it also creates symptoms that are similar to ADHD so the other thing that could be happening is is that you know we're confusing what might seem like ADHD as just a lack of sleep and you know so then now Maybe we'd end up doing things where we're medicating our child for ADHD and they don't really need to. They just need to have better sleep. Um, so there, there's that part of it as well. And then again, just the, the idea of having constant access to these things in their rooms, you know, 
will ultimately probably lead to a lack of sleep and per just perpetuate that issue forward. Um, fast forward to some other concerns. You know, these are maybe a little bit more long-term, but teens who grow up with these behaviors of excessive gaming don't really necessarily show signs of slowing down in marriage. Um, one of the trends that's happening now that there's support groups online for gamer widows uh, where these women can, well, women or men, can get together and share their frustrations about their spouses who are constantly online doing gaming. Um, I know I've ran into a few of these situations over the years, well, maybe more than a few, um, where husbands have kind of checked out of their relationships or their marriages, their, even their work, you know, in the name of a game. Um, World of Warcraft was a popular one. You know, a few years back, that was one where I saw many men just kind of like jump into, you know, and they did it in the name of like, I've got to be there for my team. You know, um, they had to show up for their team in order to play all, and they would play all hours of the night. Um, and in the meantime, they're showing up for their team, but at the same time, abandoning their families and their work. Um, you know, I remember one individual in particular who had his own company you know, he just ignored his business and he put so much more time into games, which then ultimately created financial issues, obviously more m marital conflict. Uh, so again, the, the, the trend of just kind of what we're doing for games and for the team and for whatever it is that we're doing, you know, is creating all these other, these issues. And I think sometimes even as parents, we, we wanted to miss that, d dismiss that reality with our kids. Like, hey, they'll grow out of it, it won't last. Um, but, you know, the reality is it doesn't always play out that way. You know, sometimes it escalates to worse behavior. Um, and in that case, with heavier consequences. And sometimes, you know, we have to realize the effects that playing so much now will take a toll to where, you know, it can take a long time to overcome. So what 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 exactly is happening in video games that we need to be aware of? What, what goes on for our... our kids as they're playing these games um, and again I think w what I'm always what I'm referring to in these situations is what's happening to him when when it's when it's when there's too much of it you know when it's an addiction like and when they're getting too much of this the gaming stuff so what's going on for him well one games are putting young people in fictional and mature situations with really without any of the consequences um, that comes with you know typically with reality so what does that do well it causes a distortion of reality so in the real world you know there will be consequences to behaviors but in the gaming world you know you just kind of do whatever you do and maybe something happens in the game but you just reset and just whatever and life just goes on or you you know you kill people you do different things and it's not really i mean that's just part of the game you know, it's not necessarily that there's a consequence attached to it. And so what what's happening is kids are more and more becoming more disconnected from what reality is, which, again, puts them in a dangerous place because, you know, you make a mistake in real life or you do something stupid or you do something that think isn't going to have really any, much of an effect. And all of a sudden now here come all these consequences where kids don't really understand that or they don't know how to deal with it and it's putting them in a more difficult situation themselves because they don't they're not making the distinction between game life and real life um, another thing that that can lead to is it it can create a sense of entitlement 
um, with kids without them with also having the ability to really relate to others so in other words what that means is that kids want whatever they want and they expect you to give it to them that's the instant gratification part of this so you know games continue to feed that sense of instant gratification kind of getting what you want having what you want being able to do what you want right in that moment or even just the instant gratification of hey I want to feel better I'm playing a game it makes me feel better and I kind of get what I want right away again without really having to work on it or work for it um, and so that high sense of entitlement instant gratification there's a huge correlation there um, it also I think too you know as a result of too much gaming there's a lack of negotiation skills that go on kids don't really communicate or they don't necessarily negotiate um, things that they want again there's just this expectation so without negotiation they're not engaging or like kind of coming up with different things back and forth as far as like how to how to come into agreements for things hey this is my part I'll do this if you do this and you know they're not they're not learning those important tools that will help them later on in life you know they yeah so they just don't have those things or not equipped with those things so when they get into situations that require it they don't know what to do or they're lost or they feel you know helpless or whatever it might be um, whereas being able to have that you know those skills requires them to be out in life and to be looking for opportunities or given opportunities to to do those things um, which which is kind of like brings me to the next thing as far as like you know what they're getting and they're having their needs met so I'm sure everybody's familiar or they've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, you know if you haven't heard of it it's I mean you can quickly Google it or if you haven't seen it in a while you can you can Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs this is this would be a situation where you know in a podcast it'd be nice to to have more of a visual side of things but but if you can take a look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and if you remember it's like a pyramid thing um, at the basis of it are, are physiological needs like those are the most important things and then our safety needs and then it goes on from there and there's three different categories um, above physiological and safety needs and the first one is intimacy love belonging friendship those type of things and then it goes on to esteem needs and confidence um, mutual respect things of that nature and then the 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 final one is self-actualization self -actualization, which is like problem solving spontaneity morality achieving one's full potential those types of things so so the top three or the top three needs um, in the in the in the pyramid um, so there's a there's a graph in the in the book um, man interrupted and he calls it Maslow's hierarchy of needs Maslow's hacked hierarchy of needs so there's been a, a hack in the needs and basically the way that it's drawn out is those top three ones are basically all being provided to people or our young people via the internet meaning we don't have to necessarily go out and find them or get them they're all coming to them or they have access to them via the internet so when you think about it intimacy love belonging and friendship all can be taken care of through the internet uh, esteem needs confidence mutual respect all done through the internet so I'm you know whether it's or internet or games is you know either or I guess what I'm referring to in these situations self-actualization um, achieving my potential it's all happening via the internet 
So there's not any necessarily real world stuff going on there. It's all being done via um, the internet. So that's where that's happening. Um, so anyway, so like I said before, a certain amount of gaming can be beneficial to help us in some of these areas, but there has to be a better balance in the real world stuff. Um, we have to, um, you know, we have to be able to find ways to find other avenues to meet these needs. We can't let our kids just, you know, grow up in games and have the internet meet all of their needs, you know, in these, in these ways. Otherwise, again, it's setting them up to um, be in a difficult place later on because they've just learned to have those things just all be you know brought to them via the internet or via games without any kind of like real sense of you know development or connection there um, so again just thinking about it from that dynamic there's there's a lot to um, there's a lot to lot going on there so so what can we do as parents um, well one of the things is we have to do is we have to be able to get involved and we definitely be able to have to set limits and boundaries with with electronics um, you know the first thing though I'd like you to do you know before we freak out with our kids and take everything away from them what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to do a little bit of an experiment well it's, I guess not really an experiment it's an actual activity um, but it's a time management activity and I want you to do this with your kids, you know, so either it, this can go a couple different ways. One, you can give them the it and just kind of have them have complete ownership over it. Um, or you can do it if you think they're not going to be honest about it. Or you can do it. Uh, probably the best thing would be you can have them do one and you do one and see kind of where, you know, where the differences are after you both do it. But I want you to be able to take, do this for a week, you know, to just to give you a general idea so from Monday to Monday but I want you to track the number of hours your kids do the following so track the number of hours they sleep per day uh, their time at school or work the time that they do homework the amount of time they do chores the amount of time they play sports uh, hours spent with friends and that's friends outside the house or like if they're coming over to the house, whatever it may be, not spent with friends online or whatever, but just playing with friends. Um, time spent outdoors and then time spent watching TV in its own category. And then the other, the final category is time that they spend on phones, text, games, you know, etc. Anything like video game related, text, etc. That's the final category. So again, track for one week the number of hours that your kids do the following sleep time at school homework chores play sports play with friends be outdoors watch tv and then video games phones text etc okay so what the reason i want you to do that first is because that's going to give you um an idea of what you're actually dealing with um, and either how severe the problem is or maybe the problem really isn't as severe as we think maybe there is a better balance there and maybe we're just you know being a little bit sensitive to the fact that we don't want them to be addicted or we don't want to have them just kind of be wrapped up in their games and so you know again like I said this will just kind of give you a better sense of what actually is happening 
Um, and the idea is really that we want to create, like I said before, a better balance. You know, having a balance in their lives will better prepare them for life later on. But it will also help them draw and have outlets in multiple areas, you know, uh, to get their needs met from multiple sources. So kind of going back to, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that they need multiple ways to have those needs met, not just primarily from the Internet or from games, but to be able to have you know friendships and you know and things that they do whether it's work or jobs or you know friends or playing sports and developing skills and you know things of that nature that will help them to build their esteem in in, in a variety of ways rather than just primary through through games so so the time management is to get a better sense of what that will look like um, so again before you get rid of everything do that first and after after you do that, then, like I said, begin to set some limits and some rules. Um, and again, going back to, you know, if you do have a game system or TV or whatever in the room, get rid of that. You know, that's that's the most important thing um, as far as that goes. And again, laptops and stuff like that can be taken out at a certain time, even if, if that's their primary means of doing homework. They can have it to a certain point and they've got to take it away. We want them to get the sleep they need so that that can be, you know, helpful to them. Um, let's see the the next thing is that you know I think as far as what else is helpful and I'll get more into this uh, you know in the next episode with the pornography too because a lot of the same things are are you know kind of come together is that you know we have to get involved with our kids we have to engage them um, and we have to help them to get engaged with the real world so whatever that takes we need to be willing to do that. We need to be able to, you know, be willing to help them to get more engaged into life. You know, again, whether that's spending time with them, whether that's helping them, encourage them to spend more time with friends or in other places or involve them in sports or involve them in some kind of activity that's going to help them be engaged in, a, in other ways. You know, we have to really push that, you know, for them and help them to get, you know, involved in that. And, and even with, you know, finding a job or things of that nature, um, stuff that can just help them to uh, be more be more productive in their lives. Um, and again, you know, the dynamic is games go right, games go wrong. There can be some value to it. It is interesting. You know, I had I just I had a young man the other day. We we're I had his parents in here with me, and we were talking about some stuff, and his grades had been slipping and things like that, and and. Um, you know, he hadn't been doing real well. And I just kind of was finishing up the, you know, s some of the notes I had for the podcast. And it was interesting how this played out because we were, I was talking to him about some of the elements that go on. And, and I was talking to the family about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and how that goes. And the kid told me, he's like, well, you know, the games that I play, <coughs> they're much more difficult or they're much more challenging. And, you know, he kind of had all these reasons for it you know why why the, what he did was different than maybe what i was trying to say but it was funny because when he said that you know when he talked about you know how his games are so much more different and how they were more you know d advanced and more thinking and i just kind of looked at him and i said exactly i said that's the that's the problem i said you are trying to get all your needs met via those games and do all that difficult stuff via the game but you're not doing it in the real world you're not you know when it comes to homework assignments or things of that nature if things build up you know 
you, you know you're not you're not digging in and dealing with those things you're just letting them go by the wayside so how is that game so your game might be challenging but when life's challenging you're not taking on those same challenges and doing it differently you're just you know you're feeling fulfilled through a game but you're not making that same sense you're not having that same sense of fulfillment in the real world or in the real world you're just letting those things kind of fall by the wayside so it kind of backfired on me a little bit you know when when he kind of brought that point up i think he wanted me to be impressed by the type of games he played you know but at the same time even if the games that we play are still more challenging or difficult it still is not okay to be playing them 12 13 hours a week or whatever it may be i mean that's still going to be problematic for us that's still going to be you know something that's going to you know have some negative impacts on us and again he was kind of in that same element of you know didn't have a lot of socialization outside of that um, didn't have a lot of other things that were going on and just kind of had a limited sense of engagement so those things were starting to build on him and then like I said the grades and stuff like that were starting to falter and I think even for him you know part of the issue was sleep part of the issue was um, his access to games and computers and stuff in his room so all those things we we talked about as a family to try to improve on that and you know um, obviously that wasn't what all the things that he wanted to hear he wanted to hear how he just needed to be better in you know in getting his homework turned in but it's like it it comes back to some of those things with his lack of balance and his uh, overabundance of gaming so anyway that's kind of you know where we're at with today you know again i wanted to do this in two parts i wanted to kind of talk about the video game side of it and then next week kind of focus more on the porn side and how those things are impacting our young men especially but especially with on the porn thing you know it's going to be more of a yes it's impacting them but it's also having a a, a big impact on young women because of what they have to deal with now that young men are being so consumed by porn um but uh, those are the things that we want to kind of reach out and, and talk about. I know those are issues for a lot of parents out there. So if you do have any questions or any thoughts on this episode, please email me um, because I can you know pick up on that before I kind of go into the porn next time. So if you have any things that you want me to kind of add to this episode in relation to the video games or any thoughts that you might have um, that you want me to touch on, please email, email me at ryanwinder at gmail.com that's ryanwinder at gmail.com and i'd be happy to include those like i said in you know prior to kind of getting more into the porn side of this topic um but again i'm your vegas therapist thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next time